These are the tribulations of Paulette. I'm gonna jump right into your heart. I'm gonna jump right into your heart. I'm gonna jump right into your heart. Yes, that's where I'll start. I'm gonna kiss my baby. Today, I'm on my toes on a side street, trying to get a look at a postmodern swing set being installed at the outrageously oversized home of some new neighbors. With me is Birdie, my 90-year-old girlfriend. Birdie and her husband, Howard, have lived in these parts for 50 years in a lovely but modest house that Howard built back when he was a real estate developer. They are routinely appalled at what has become of our quaint neighborhood, one awful mega mansion after another, largely engineered by a tough-talking, gravel-voiced, quote-unquote, developer named Shirley Bumpus, who even had a reality show a few years back to document her successes. The show failed, but regrettably, that hasn't stopped Shirley. Look at that slide, Paulette, Bertie says, shaking her head. It reminds me of something, but I can't think of what. I reply that the whole place looks like the Dyson Airblade, and Bertie shouts, That's it! She takes binoculars out from her hot pink jacket while I watch for approaching cars. Then she insists that we walk over to the college for a quick check with her new friends, the TMZ reporters who hang out at Tom Brady's gate, waiting for a sighting of him or his wife, whom Bertie calls Bumchen. I am thankful that Bertie has a bridge game, so I walk her home. Back at my house, a ton of laundry awaits, but that doesn't stop me from checking mail online in case anything happened in the last hour. New posts on U.S. celebrities, and what's this? A vintage shot of Barack Obama with his arm around Dickie Pullier and Dickie's best friend, the Secretary of State, back when he had jowls and a weak chin. I flash back to a fall night in 1995 on the tarmac of Hanscom Field. I'm in Dickie's private jet, because friends who thought I needed a rich boyfriend have set us up. Dickie's in his bespoke suit, cracking open a bottle of champagne. He is much older than I am, and in fact, he's so old that when he throws his head back to laugh, all you can see is black where teeth should be. Dolly says that if he were a horse, she wouldn't buy him. Nevertheless, Dickie and his four remaining hares are taking me to the Kennedy Center Honors, which I guess is a really big deal. The trouble is, the other couple we were supposed to go with canceled at the last minute, leaving me alone with Dickie. With all that Dickie has provided, especially the jet, he will be looking for me to provide a little something for him. In my whole life, I was never able to smooch an ugly guy, no matter how much cash was dangled in front of me. I had to think faster than Dickie's hands, and as the plane started the takeoff roll, I fumbled in my bag for a pill. What's that? Dickie asks. Valtrex, I say. But don't worry, the sores usually clear up in a day or so. Having that flashback caps off a tumultuous week, for several days now, I have been quietly having a relationship with Mayo Clinic Online. 
based upon some random symptoms discovered after a few moments alone in my room, I have diagnosed myself with diverticulitis and am in full medical panic mode. Dolly is no help because she tells me that her cat had the same thing and that will go away if I eat low-ash food. My highly credentialed gynecologist, Mike O'Neill, ducks out of a full surgical schedule to examine me. In full medical panic mode style, I am completely prepared for surgery. Kind friends will arrange for care through many helping hands for my husband and children while I recuperate. I can get through this, no big deal. What I am not prepared for, however, is Dr. O'Neill to laugh out loud when I tell him what I think I have and how I arrived at the diagnosis. In a five-second look, he tells me that there's nothing wrong with me, and then he heads back to his OR, shaking his head and muttering, Mayo Clinic Online, under his breath. Trying not to think about the fool I just made of myself, I head home to several hours of laundry. Despite my repeated requests, no one in my family of boys is able to turn their clothes right side out when they take them off. So, I get a really good look at the inside of everyone's underwear, including my husband Dave's, before it goes into the wash. Maybe they want to call my attention to the stains. Anyways, I'm shouting it all out, my cell phone rings from my apron pocket. As I answer it, I'm caught off guard to hear the voice of Ted, my high school boyfriend. Ted and I have kept in touch over the years, and he happens to be coming into town next week on business. He invites me out to lunch so we can discuss our high school reunion. A familiar tingle runs down my spine as I accept. Ted doesn't know yet that he's catching me at a vulnerable moment. Ted has no idea that I have gone kind of kooky. Ted doesn't know what has become of me. What Ted doesn't know won't hurt him. In my calendar for the coming Wednesday, I delete surgery and write in Ted. Music for this podcast is written and produced by the very wonderful, very talented Mr. Eric Fontana. Tune in next time when we find out that nothing makes you look fatter than fat. Till then, ta-ta. Ta-ta.